Good morning. Been a while. I've been out of the saddle up here for a few weeks. This morning we'll be going over question 63, looking at the Ten Commandments of our God. We'll be looking at commandment number four this morning, the Sabbath day. If you would, turn your Bibles to Exodus 20. Let's look at verses 8 through 11. You can follow along here. And our question this morning is, which is the fourth commandment? Read along with me, if you will. The fourth commandment is to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, or set it apart as holy. Let's pray and ask our God for help before we go further. Dear Lord, we praise you this morning, Lord. We, we thank you for this Sabbath that you have called us to, Lord. A day of rest that you spoke of in the Old Testament, that now in Christ Jesus, we live in that rest this day. Help us to understand this this morning, Lord. Help us to look to Christ and not keeping the law by the letter for righteousness sakes, for he is our righteousness, for those of us who have run to him for refuge. We praise you and give you thanks. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Three points I'd like to make this morning. Number one, what is required in the fourth commandment? Number two, what day do we observe the Sabbath in the New Covenant now. And we'll look at some scriptures, some historical proof to show that it has changed from Saturday to Sunday. Thirdly, what is the reason for the Sabbath or what is the point of the Sabbath for the Christian? In Leviticus 19.30, It says, Ye shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you would turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5. What is required, our first point in the fourth commandment, the fourth commandment requires the keeping holy to God such set times as he has appointed in his word, especially one whole day in seven to be a holy Sabbath to himself. Deuteronomy chapter 5, let's look at verse 12 and also verse 15. Verse 12 says, keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. 
Verse 15 says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore, the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Delivered from bondage, Egypt being a picture of sin in the Christian's life, we have been delivered from sin. We don't have to deliver ourselves. Therefore, we can rest in what God has done. Hebrews chapter 10, we'll see a New Testament example of this. Very familiar passage to most of us. Hebrews 10, 25. I'll read it first, but I want to read verse 23 and 24, but I'd like to read 25 first. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see a New Testament example here of assembling together on the first day of the week. Verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Notice here it says, to Hold fast the profession of faith without wavering. And also to exhort one another to love and to good works. Well, how do we accomplish that? By assembling together, encouraging one another, preaching the word to one another, the simplicity of just singing the songs that we sang, we are ministering to one another. We're giving glory to our God and just the listening of those lyrics of what great love and faithfulness our God has toward us. We do that as a body assembled together. What day is the Sabbath now? I'll read to you a chapter out of the London Baptist Confession of Faith, 1689, which actually where I got this catechism from. I had purchased the book because I was curious when I was coming into the Doctrines of Grace. And the particular book that I bought, the LBC 1689, actually had this catechism in it. So this is where kind of this all started. Chapter 20, paragraph 7 says this. <coughs> Speaking of the Sabbath, it says, As it is written in the law of nature, that in a general proportion of time, by God's appointment, to be set apart for the worship of God, so by his word in a positive moral and perpetual commandment, binding all men in all ages, he hath particularly appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath to be kept holy unto him which from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ was the last day of the week, and from the resurrection of Christ was changed to the first day of the week, which is called the Lord's Day now, and is to be continued to the end of the world as the Christian Sabbath, the observation of the last day of the week, being abolished. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, if you turn there. And let's look at some examples of how this transferred from Saturday to Sunday. 
1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. Paul talking about the collection that was being gathered up over a year's time for the church in Jerusalem that was going through serious, serious hardship. And he says this in verse 1 and 2. He says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So you see an example here that their gathering together was on the first day of the week. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Let's look there. Acts chapter 20, verse 7, it says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. You can see their gathering again here was on the first day of the week. The breaking of bread happened, and also the preaching of the word. Same thing that we are doing this morning. Not the breaking of bread, and we do that on the first Sunday of every month. Revelation one ten. Turn there. We'll see John here in the vision that the Lord gave him. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now, you know their custom at this point on the Lord's day, it had to have been the first day of the week. It must be Sunday. Mark chapter 16, I'll show you another example here of where that started. When did it change from Saturday unto Sunday. Now we know that our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on a Friday. And that the disciples were scrambling to get his body off that cross because they wanted to prepare him and put him in the tomb before Sabbath. Sabbath actually started at dusk on Friday evening and wasn't complete until Saturday at dusk as well. And, we'll, and we've seen that and all. And we see here in Mark chapter 16, verse 9, Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Now if he was buried Friday, he was in a tomb Saturday, and dusk had happened, the first day of the week would have to be the next day, Sunday. 
verse 10, it says, And when she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept, and they that heard that he was alive and had been seen of her believed not. And after that he appeared to another form unto two men as they walked and went into the country. Verse 13, And when they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. And afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So what is the point? What is the point? My point, my third point this morning, what is the point that we worship on the first day of the week? We worship the resurrection. What hope do we have in a crucified Savior, one who's in a tomb, but one that did not come out from the grave? That is the gospel. The gospel is his death, burial, and also his resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, if you turn there, Paul drives this point home right here about the resurrection. First Corinthians 15, look at verses 1 through 8. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. This third day, this first day of the week. And he was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of the apostles, and at last of all, he was seen of me also when I am born out of due time. Look at verse 12 through 19. And Paul speaks about this right here. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching and your faith is also in vain. If there was no resurrection that Sunday morning, what I'm standing up here declaring and what you're listening to is vain. And he goes on to explain this right here. Verse 13, he said, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith also vain. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he had raised up Christ whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. 
And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. You remember that hymn? I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. If He is not risen, He's not a Savior. We're still dead in our sins. So what do we gather together this morning about a risen Savior? One who truly died, one who was truly buried, and one who was truly raised from the dead. Because if he was not raised from the dead, his sacrifice was not acceptable to God. That's what we worship. We worship a risen Savior. One who paid the debt for our sins. One who came and was born under the law to redeem us who were under the law. Verse 18, he goes on and he says, Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of men most miserable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. The firstborn from among the dead, the Bible teaches us about our Lord Jesus Christ. The first begotten from the dead. And he goes on in chapter 15 when he speaks about the end. He says that those of us who are in Christ will not hinder those who are dead in Christ for they shall be raised first. The resurrection of the dead, that's what we celebrate. If there is no resurrection of the dead, he just told us that our preaching is in vain and we are still yet dead in our sins. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4 if you would and let's round it out this morning. The writer of Hebrews speaks in depth in chapter 3 and also chapter 4 about the Sabbath. Let's read verses 1 through 10 in Hebrews 4. Let us therefore fear lest the promise being left of us are entering into his rest. Entering into Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. Any of, us, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Who he's talking about right here, these are the people that were in the wilderness 40 years with Moses. The same gospel preached to them was preached to us, but it did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. Verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, his finished work on Calvary, his death, burial, and resurrection, when we believe that, when we hold fast to that, the scripture teaches us, For we which have believed do enter into rest as he said i have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world for he hath spoken in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise and god did rest 
the seventh day from all his works. Speaking of Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11 that we read at the beginning. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. What the writer of Hebrews right here is talking about is this rest, this Sabbath rest, is salvation. Believing upon the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ that his merit covers you, that he paid for you. That is the rest that the writer of Hebrews is talking about here. Verse 7, it says, Again he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then he would not have afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And verse 10 is so beautiful right here. It says, For... He that is entered into his rest, speaking of Christ, he has also ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And what is this labor that he's talking about in verse 11? Faith in the finished work of Christ the salvation of your souls that has been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's finish with one verse this morning. Turn to Matthew chapter 11. Familiar passage of scripture where Jesus said, Come unto me. And I'd like you to see something here about the ones in the wilderness to where it just said in Hebrews chapter 4 that it did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. That was not a decision that they could or could not make. I want you to see something here that it really, really falls into the doctrine of election and predestination. This rest that God hath before ordained for us he said in Hebrews 4 that even though the works were finished from the foundation of the world Matthew 11 let's start in verse 25 Jesus just gave an indictment verse 21 he says woe unto the Chorazon Verse 23, And thou Capernaum, which is exalted unto heaven. Verse 24, But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. He just gave implication. He just gave woes. He just gave words of judgment unto the Jewish leaders and those who do not believe. In verse 25, and he says at that same time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Because thou hast, notice, hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. 
All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. How many times have you heard preaching? They didn't read them four verses. They started in verse 28. Because of all these things, because you can't come unless the Father reveals you. You cannot come unless you are predestined. You cannot come unless you're called. Notice in verse 28, he says, come unto me, those of you that you can infer right here who have been called. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath. I'll give you rest. What is that rest? I've done it for you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You'll find Sabbath, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is the point of the Sabbath? And this is this is I've been going through a hard time. The last couple months have been difficult to say the least. I came here this morning. Brothers and sisters, I need to hear the gospel preached over me this morning. I need rest. As well as me, as well as you, you know how it feels to labor and to be heavy laden. Come unto him this morning. Come for rest. That's why we gather together every Lord's Day to celebrate what He has done for us. Rest in your Lord Jesus Christ who had called you from the foundations of this world, who have saved you and sanctified you and set you apart. I pray that we could enter into this this morning that this church service isn't something that we just do every Lord's Day every Sunday this is rest this is rest for your souls he promises in John 10 that he's not going to lose not one of y'all no one can pluck you out of his hand rest this day and what the Lord has done for you let us pray Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this Sabbath day of rest, Lord. We thank you that you love us so much, dear God, that you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in you should not perish, but have everlasting life. Help us this day, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes fixed upon you, and as Jimmy said in his prayer earlier, to attend on thee without distraction this morning. We love you and we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. For you alone are worthy. For you are the one that laid down your life for us.
Help us, Lord. In Christ's name we do pray and ask. Amen.